Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Premier League Football Fans Talk. This is uh, uh, another fantastic talk we've got ahead of you today. I'm joined, as always, by the legend that is Carlos. Good to see you. Nice to see you too, Malcolm. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, pleasure, pleasure. I'm very good, thank you. And look, we're going to talk about, um, you know, uh, a guy who, for some people, is a hero, and for some people, he's an absolute pariah, um, especially in his older age. Of uh, I think it's 37 now, isn't he? Um, so Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, not the original Ronaldo, let's get it right, is Cristiano Ronaldo, um, who has played at various teams, uh, but is at Manchester United right now. And Manchester United bought him lastminute.com. Manchester United were second finishing in the league. Champions League, no problem at all. He came along. Everyone was all ticking along nicely, and he came along. And... They didn't even get in the Champions League spots. They didn't even get close to it. All the girls went through him. So they put their faith in this guy. And now he wants to leave. <laughs> Ridiculous. So first of all, what's your first initial thoughts about him wanting to leave? Because he says two things. He says, one, obviously, Champions League football. And secondly, because of personal reasons. Now, we know, unfortunately, he did lose a child. But... You, honestly, realistically, it's all about the Champions League, right? He's all about himself now. The personal reasons are simply that he wants to personally score more goals in the Champions League. That's why he <laughs> wants to go. He, as soon as Manchester United failed to qualify for the Champions League, I think everybody knew, or most people knew, that he would be on his way. Hmm. He's not going to accept playing in the uh, Europa League. He had to because of uh, Manchester United not qualifying um, from the group stage. But um, that was a situation he couldn't uh, avert. Uh, but now he's in a, in a position where he can say he's going. He can try to find a new club. Now we have to wait and see who's interested. Apparently... Uh, Roma have turned him down. Now, I mean, that says a lot, I think. Yeah. Uh, Roma haven't even qualified for the Champions League, so I don't think Ronaldo would have wanted to go there. And who's his but, manager? Uh, who's the manager of Roma? Yes, Jose. <laughs> hey, our favourite manager. <laughs> yeah. So um, what can you say about uh, Ronaldo now? He's looking for somewhere where he can inflate his figures. That's all he wants to do yeah. in his final years. I mean, he, that's all he wanted to do throughout his career. Yeah. So now that he's coming to the end of his career, he wants to cement his position as a, uh, a record holder. Mm. And probably, I heard Tony Cascarino say, I think it was yesterday, that the reason he wants to find a team of the Champions League is that he's worried that Messi might overtake him as yeah. the Champions League top scorer. Yeah, well, obviously and it might be right. It might be right. Although I can't see Messi <laughs> doing much either. No, obviously PSG are in the Champions League every year without a shadow of a doubt, and he's got nothing to worry about ever being in the Champions League, being playing at PSG. But um, look, so look, look, other day. He's done a year there, hasn't worked out. You, you can't, you can't, you know, especially in his final years at the top, 
considering he's looked after himself. So I mean, 37-year-olds are still playing at the top at the highest level, still scoring loads of goals. We know all the goals go through him. But surely we can't hold it against the guy that he wants to play in the Champions League for his last few years at the top, maybe two, maximum three years. No, I don't hold it against him. But I do think that he's showing a lack of loyalty to a club that he professes to love. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he could as well at, uh, aged at age 37 and being the record goal scorer of the champions league, he could say, well, that's it. I've had my fun. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stay at Manchester United because I love the club because of, uh, the, the supporters. And, uh, at the end of the day, it's a huge club, one of the biggest in the world. It's mm. not. So it's not as if he's uh, staying at Peterborough United, is it? <laughs> so, so, you know, I, I, I do think that um, he should he should want to stay. Mm. Um, whether that would be good for Manchester United or not, that's a completely different matter. But I think he should show uh, the loyalty that the supporters deserve. Yeah, no, I get it. And look, I I agree with you on this. And I, the, the thing I want to ask you about is the fact that you talk about loyalty. They brought him back when he was kind of, you know, in limbo, realistically, at Juventus. They wanted rid of him. He wanted to go. Um, so he was in limbo. And Man City wanted him. And then he went off to Manchester United. Oh, they didn't want hang to... on, Manchester City did not want him. Oh, okay. All right. They, they now, were playing a game. That, yeah, <laughs> yes. I mean, he doesn't fit into the Guardiola style. Manchester Manchester City were never interested. Yeah, I mean, maybe it was his agent or something, but there was talk of him going to Man City. Obviously, he went to Manchester United, um, and I suppose that it worked. Whether his ploy, whoever put out the news, I assume his agent, that he goes to Manchester United. Now, the thing about it, like you said, he was in, well, like we talked about, he's in limbo, goes to a club that love him. He supposedly loves them. And now they've said, listen, you know, we need you for the next year. You've got one more year in your contract, need you to stay for a year. We expect your preseason training. He hasn't turned up to preseason training. They don't even know. Eric Ten Hag has already said he doesn't know if he's going to even go on the tour, the preseason tour. So we talk about loyalty here. Where's the loyalty in that? Can someone explain that to me? No, clearly he wants to leave and he's. Um pushing United to the limit and because United said they would not sell him he's now uh, challenging them well, to see how much they're prepared to put up with and also to prove quite clearly to the United staff that he does not want to be there so well, if you have a player who doesn't want to be there the best thing you can do is to get rid of him so that's all he's doing He's just pushing through his transfer away from Manchester United. Yeah. And to be honest, let's be let's be honest. It's a new era. Eric Ten Hag has come in. He's bring he's obviously signed a guy today. Um, and he's gonna keep on signing people who are kind of his style of football, people he's worked with before, maybe from Ajax or wherever, Fernorf, Fernandor, I can't say it properly, um, and all the other places in the Dutch and wherever else he knows people from. Um, so why why are they holding on to him? That's my real question. Now, we know he scored lots of goals. But we know all the goals went through him. 
That's why we talked about in other episodes. Cavani didn't get a chance. Obviously, the loads of the players there literally stopped evolving. Um, so why are they holding on to him? I'm trying to understand why Manchester United want to hold on to a guy when it's a new start. Anyway, it's a fresh start. Well, you say he scored loads of goals. He scored 18. It's okay. Sure. Sure. But it's it's not in 33 matches. Yeah. Um, he scored two hat-tricks. So yeah. that means that in the remaining 31 matches, he scored 12 goals. See? Yeah. So he didn't really do that well. I'm not saying he did badly. Yeah. But, right. um, yeah. you know, you can you can want, you can desperately want to keep a player who scores 25, 30 goals plus. Yeah. Uh, but that's not going to be Ronaldo from now on because of his age. No. His figures at Real Madrid were fantastic. Mm. Uh, but oh, yeah. that Ronaldo has now gone. Yeah. But he still conditions the way the team plays in the same way as he did before. Mm. Only that before, the bonus was that he used to get the goals. And now he still conditions the way the team plays, but he doesn't make that much of a difference to justify that conditioning. Yeah, no, no. Look, I brought the stats up for us. Have a look at. It. You're right. Obviously, I mean, Real Madrid is he got silly numbers. I mean, one season, as you can see, and the league, 38 appearances, 46 goals. The year before, 34 appearances, 40 goals. Uh, it's absolutely ridiculous, but. He's been in steady decline since those days. Uh, he, he did 40, actually, in 2014-15. Uh, I think that's his highest amount, which is absolutely ridiculous. But in Juventus, uh, he scored 21 goals and 31 appearances, 31 and 33, then 29. And then, as, as you've said already, in United, he's only scored 18 and 30 appearances. Obviously, the Premier League is a completely different league. And a league where... No one is afraid of anybody. And um, that's only going to go down, isn't it? Considering that he was the top scorer for United. 18 isn't fantastic. Well, you need a t at least 20 goals from the top scorer in your team if you're going to get to the point where you're going to be top four or even get to win in the league. Well, does it justify bringing him in and having uh, the team play uh, always for him in attack? Yeah. Um, because I, I've got some figures here which I think are interesting. Okay. Uh, the season before he arrived, the season that Manu finished second, Bruno Fernandes scored 18 goals. Wow. Last season with Ronaldo on the team, Bruno Fernandes scored 10. Yeah. Cavani, uh, the season before, scored 10. I'm talking league goals. Yeah. And last season, he scored two. Okay, he was injured a lot and missed a lot of games, but still. In proportion, even if you doubled the amount of games that Cavani played yeah. uh, and, and you doubled the amount of goals, that would only be four. Yeah. Um, Rashford scored 11 the previous season and last mm. season scored four. Yeah. So this is what I've often said, that um, he doesn't make the players around him better. No. Uh, he has fantastic figures himself, usually. This season he had good figures, not breathtaking figures, but he had good figures. Yeah. But um, but it just seems to me that unless he's scoring 45 goals, 
which is what happened when he was at Real Madrid, then the benefit of his presence to the team is not that great. Yeah, I agree. Look, it's funny you should talk about um, those two guys. Uh, Well, three guys, actually. Um, Look, Rashford, I mean, he's been on the decline. He's, He's... that year, the year that they came second, he's got some crucial goals, but most of it was off the bench, stuff like that. So he's got some work to do. Eric Ten Hag is the right person for him. But he's been in steady decline. We've been talking about it for, well, the best part of two years about his decline. It's a shame. Obviously, he does so much work for the kids. Um, but the goals he did score were, some of them were scintillating, not from the wing, but they were important goals. Edison Cavani, I mean, he was on the back page. He was lighting up the back page some of the goals and the equalizers and the winning goals he would score. Fernandez, Bruno Fernandez, when he came, okay, everyone was going on about his penalties, but still he lifted things up as well. And all of them were quiet last season. They all looked uncomfortable. They all looked unhappy. Um, uh, I mean, virtually, Rashford virtually disappeared. So um, it, it surely that, I mean, everyone talks about oh, Ronaldo experience, talks to the guys, help them, but... That's a liability when some key players who made you second completely disappear and even play half of the what they did the season before. You see, I've heard the argument, and I've heard it uh, on the British media, in the, in the British media, that United were poor last season. If you took away Ronaldo's goals, where would they have been? It's not as simple as that. No. It's not two plus two. That is very superficial. Because what you have to analyze and conclude is whether um, Manchester United would have played differently Mm. and playing differently, would they have been better without Ronaldo? And would those goals have come from other areas in the park? Would they have come from other players? That's what you have to really analyze. And I would say that yes, those goals and more would have come from other players. Uh, Regarding the Cavani situation, now he was injured a lot. I think that the fact that he wasn't being used and he only appeared intermittently at his age uh, caused more injuries. Absolutely. If you stop and start at that age, it's not a good thing. Had he played regularly, which he would have done had Ronaldo not come, mm. um, Cavani would not have been that injured. Yeah. And probably we would have been talking about, well, Cavani got 18 goals in all competitions the previous season. Yeah. Um, and just to underline what I was saying about the players around Ronaldo, in the final years at Real Madrid, the two final years, Benzema scored 11 league goals. And in the final year that Ronaldo was there, Benzema scored five. Wow. Since Ronaldo left, Benzema has scored in three seasons, 21, 23, and 27. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, he's, yeah, I mean, he's integral now. Look at him. He's going to win the Ballon d'Or, it looks like, as well. Yeah. Yes, he should. He should. <laughs> he deserves it's- it. This is incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, he was, he's was he been scintillating throughout. When everyone wrote off Real Madrid, he was the man who took them to where they need to be. Obviously, we know Vinicius Junior scored the crucial goal against Liverpool, but ultimately, it's Benzema who got them there. Um, so, you know, 
uh, is incredible, the transformation the team can have without Ronaldo. So, again, my question is, why why is Eric Ten Hag so so desperate to hold this guy? Um, because we've we've gone through all those stats. We, we it's crystal clear that that's the situation. So it's two point question. So Eric Ten Hag, why does he want to keep him? But also, why is there talk of Chelsea Football Club wanting to put a bid in for this guy? Uh, well, what I would say is that we don't know if Ten Hag really wants him. That's mm. the first thing. Nobody wants to be the manager or coach that turns Ronaldo away in the same way as nobody wanted to be the coach that turned Messi away or nobody wanted to be the coach that substituted Messi. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot hanging on a coach's reputation. Mm. So nobody wants to be the one who makes those tough decisions. Yeah. Now, I don't want it to sound like um, we're not recognizing Ronaldo's qualities, of course. Um, you know, he's a top goal scorer. He's probably the greatest goal scorer there has been. Hmm. But what I'm saying is that unless he's at the top of his game, as he was when he was younger, and he's scoring 40, 45, 50 goals a season, then the way he conditions the team that he plays for does not make that team better. Mm. And now aged 37, he will not get 40 goals. So if he gets 18, as he did last season, and yet he still conditions the way the team plays, then I think it detracts from the team. Yeah, 100%. So also, we have, to, we have to remember what his influence in the dressing room does to the squad. Mm. Now, uh, by all accounts, the Man United dressing room last season was uh, in utter chaos. And oh, yeah. um, there was bickering and people were talking to each other. And I'm not saying it's because of Ronaldo, but I'm what I am saying is that I believe he did not help to make that situation better. No. So then why does... Chelsea won a 37-year-old who will not allow other people to score on the pitch when that's how Chelsea have worked. That's how they finished where they did. Uh, Romelu Lukaku obviously has gone back to Inter, scored virtually nothing. Um, but everyone else around the pitch did score. So why does this guy fit into the Chelsea way of playing? I think Chelsea are in a in a bad way. Mm. I think they're getting rid of key players. And unless they bring in people who will really um, make a difference, then I think they might struggle. Really? I think what's coming in, what's coming in is not making up for what's going out. Okay. So who have um, they lost? They've lost. They've lost Christensen. We're going. So they lost Christensen. Who else have they lost? Well, um, Lukaku. Lukaku. Um, the defender. Uh, might go. Yeah. Aspilicueta might go, and um, hang on, there was someone else, wasn't there? Pulisic apparently might go. Oh really? Yeah, I think no, they're trying. Of... They're trying to um, revamp the squad, and I, I'm not sure it needed revamping. 
Mm. And well, Sterling, um, Sterling and if they, you don't think Rafinha, you don't think they're gonna they're gonna fill in the well, gap? Well, Rafinha won't go to Chelsea, I don't think. Yeah, and enough. Sterling definitely won't make up for what they've lost. No. <laughs> um, um, Why not? Well, because I think he's poor more times than he's good. <laughs> yeah. He needs a run in the game, doesn't he? He's it, Obviously, every, every player is used to rotation. But, I mean, just like in many ways, Jesus, who you don't rate either, when they get a run in the game, I think you'll be surprised how good they really are. Because I remember Sterling at Liverpool. He was scintillating. Now, obviously, that was years ago. Um, but you know, he, I think I think um, it's very early days to be writing off Sterling as a top player. Um, I understand what you're saying that lots of people have gone from Chelsea, but I think he could he could help. He could help definitely. Um, at Liverpool, he benefited from uh, an excellent forward line. It was Suarez, and who was Suarez. the other player scoring goals? And the as SAS was Suarez, and I forget the other guy's name. Um, but yeah, I know I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Um so no, I I didn't even think Sterling was that good then, to be honest. <laughs> Stephen Gerrard was at his peak as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean that was a, that was a good Liverpool team. Um and they were on a run, you know, when when everything's going your way, things are easier, they're better. Uh but I, I just don't think he he's consistent enough. And uh, even even at his best, I think that you only see odd flashes of something that might surprise you. But most of the time, I think even even at his best, I still think he's he's okay, but he's not uh, he's not world class. Fair enough. <laughs> We're he's he's not even he's not even a step below world class. Oh, that's big talk. Fair enough. So. Go back to Ronaldo. <laughs> we'll, we'll do a study later. Um, Ronaldo. So Chelsea. What, what what do you think about that fit? I think it would be, um, it would be very upsetting to Manchester United that Ronaldo, if he if Ronaldo chose Chelsea, because it would be turning his back on United and going to uh, a direct rival. Yeah. Um, whether Chelsea believe in the same way as Manchester United thought that we did this and if we add Ronaldo's goals, we'll do better. Um, I don't know. That is probably the only reasoning they might have that might justify them wanting to sign Ronaldo. But as we said at the beginning of last season, as we, we've said tonight, and as the season has proved, it's not that simple. It's not adding Ronaldo's goals to what you already have. You have to add Ronaldo's goals and also subtract something <laughs> from everyone else. Yeah, no, it's true. Because I was thinking about this and, the, and look, all the way back to when we were winning and Manchester, us and Manchester were direct rivals. People say it now, but it's not really. But for us, United, uh, the Chelsea teams of Mourinho, obviously now the Man Cities and the Liverpools, there has to be more than one goal scorer. We had Perez, 
Thierry Henry, Burkamp, but everybody, Vieira, everybody playing, everyone's scoring. And I think about now that De Bruyne and all the rest of them, they're all scoring. Um, and Liverpool the same. Salah, obviously, Mane's gone. Obviously, Nunes is there now. Um, and the list goes on. I mean, there's so many. Jota, blah, blah, blah. But I'm just saying that you need four or five regular goal scorers who are going to score more than 10 goals a season. Yeah. Of the three or four people. And that's how, in many ways, Manchester United got. You read the stats just a minute ago about the Rashford getting 10 goals. Obviously, Cavani, Fernandez, all these people scoring goals. And that's what it takes to be the main man. So, obviously, if Ronaldo's getting all the goals and everyone else is suffering for it, um, surely he's not, he's just not right for Chelsea, let alone anybody who wants to finish in the top four. No, I don't. I agree. I don't think uh, I don't think it is right. Now, uh, another statistic which I think is interesting is that the season before Ronaldo arrived, United scored seventy four goals. Right. Uh, sorry, seventy three goals. Right. So and right. and last season with Ronaldo, they scored fifty seven. Wow, that's a massive drop. Now, really, I, what I would say to those people who say what would United have been without Ronaldo's goals? Are they really telling me that Manchester United without Ronaldo would have scored 39 goals? Is that what they're saying? That's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. ridiculous. And it's just funny because with Manchester United last season, apart from the fact that he got the manager sacked, because he put that in mind, apart from the fact that he messed up the dressing room, we know there was obviously strife in the dressing room. Um, the fact of the matter is that um, they were ticking all right. They just needed a few little upgrades here, there, and everywhere. But overall, they were doing okay. And I'm not saying they would have won the league, but they definitely would have finished top three again. Even towards the last, say, 10 games, when we couldn't fashion a run, Tottenham couldn't fashion a run last season, um, and no one seemed to want to win it. I always said Manchester United, you said it as well, Manchester United, are the team that are going to probably do it because they've got the quality on the on often on the field, people on the bench over anybody else, over us, over Tottenham. Everybody's bench was poor apart from United, and yet they fell to pieces. They were losing to all kinds of random teams, uh, and they just fell away so quickly. Um, so that that surely that's the ronaldo factor playing into this it has to be surely because the same team virtually nobody left i think it uh, the arrival of uh, ronaldo contributed i i wouldn't go as far as to say that it's the only reason mm. i think there 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 were others uh, but what I, what i do believe and what you and i said at the beginning of the season before a ball was kicked was that his arrival was not going to make Manchester United better and that it, it would probably make Manchester United worse. Now, anyone who wants to argue with us now can look at the facts. Manchester yeah. United were worse last season yeah. than they were the season before. I do also believe, and I, I know that people love De Gea because they look at his flashy saves, they look <laughs> at his flashy saves, but they don't look at the small mistakes that make the Manchester United defence uneasy. Mm. A guy that never comes off his line, a guy that parries the ball, um, 
so many different things. Uh, the ball flashes across the penalty area and he, he makes no move for it. Um, the, the, plus some of the easy goals he let in. Don't forget, last season, in the second half of last season, not only was Ronaldo not there, but Henderson was playing in goal. Yeah. And that's when Manchester United had that good run that took them up to second place. Yeah, it's a good point. And it's funny because, obviously, you know our friend Martin, uh, who's been on the show a few times. And uh, speaking to him, he's happy. He's a true Manchester man. He's from Manchester, lived in Manchester his whole life, supported Manchester United since he was a kid, obviously. And look, he's a thoroughbred Manchester guy. And he said, in many ways, we're quite happy. Ronaldo's left his legacy. It's time for him to go. But when you talk about De Gea, <laughs> he's, he's like a god to them. And the funny thing is, throughout the season, and you hear this from quite a lot of Manchester United fans, they love him, then they hate him. Then they love him again, then they hate him. There's a very much a love-hate. It's very much like a tidal wave, up and down, up and down uh, throughout the season. But, by, but at the end of the day, at the end of the season, he's still the main man. He's still the man who should be between the sticks. It's very bizarre, isn't it? I think so. Um, I I know that people think he was wonderful last season, and yet there were times when I I thought he was a disaster. <laughs> he was. Um, I would challenge anyone who uh, believes that Rena um, De Gea was great last season. I would challenge them to sit down with me and watch the games that were played last season and, but really watch them and, um, and pay attention to what the hair is really doing and yeah. not just fall for the flashy saves people oh. nowadays. Um, they're, they're so gullible because <laughs> I remember back in the day, because I'm an old man in the 1970s, um, the English public and the English critics would not fall for flashy saves. Mm -hmm. They knew what goalkeeping was about. They wanted your bread and butter keepers who did what was needed to do. Goalkeepers that came out, uh, took crosses, um, never gave second chances by parrying the ball. Um, steady goalkeepers. And anyone who played like the hair they would laugh them off and call them continental goalkeepers. <laughs> and yet nowadays, the criteria has changed. I think the understanding of what a good goalkeeper is has dropped in, enormously in comparison to the experts of the 70s and the 80s. So hold on, hold on, hold on. So what about Grobler, Bruce Grobler? Was he not the fancy and fanciful? And he was between the six for Liverpool for a long time when they were winning the league and all kinds of stuff. Yes, he no, I, he wasn't very good. <laughs> but if but you he, look, stayed, he stayed between the six for a long time. He, and he they did. won stuff with him. They won stuff with him. Because they had a very good team. But if you um if you look back at Liverpool's goalkeepers, mm. they've had poor goal goalkeepers more often than, than they've had good goalkeepers. Yeah, that's true. That is very true, actually. But uh, that always comes to mind when I just the, the jumping around of Bruce Grobler. And obviously, mm. his name sticks in my head after, you know, as he stopped playing years ago, you know, over 30 years ago. But look, 
Um, it's quite interesting to talk about De Gea. And, uh, and uh, you know, he's going to stay. That's the bottom line. He's not obviously, he was at one point talking about going to Real Madrid. Obviously, that day has, but it's a long time ago. Um, but going back to Ronaldo, so a few things here. So, well, where, where, if you were his agent, where would you advise him to go? Would you advise him to stay in the English Premier League, maybe go Chelsea? Obviously, he's leaving Manchester United. Or would you think, uh, go Easy Street, go to America, somewhere where you can have a nice pay packet um, and, and, you know, enjoy the last few years of your footballing career? No, no way would he go to the US because if his intention is to keep scoring goals in the Champions League, he's got to go to a Champions League team. He's not going to yeah. go to the US. Otherwise, he would stay at Man U. Yeah. If the Champions League was not important, he would stay at Man U. So I don't think it's a question of where the agent should advise him to go. It's a question of who's going to come in for him. Because as we saw, when Juventus wanted him out, there were no takers. Yeah. Now, if you think about it, he's definitely not coming back to Real Madrid. Well, Spain is out because if he's not coming to Real Madrid, the only other club uh, big enough would be Barcelona and he would never go to Barcelona after his Real Madrid links. Yeah. He's been to Juventus. I would say perhaps the only serious option might be Milan. AC Milan, yeah. They like the old the older guys. Exactly. And they won the league. They're playing Champions League. Um, they often make mistakes in their signings. <laughs> 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 oh, I like that. They, they <laughs> years now they've gone for well, in the last couple of years, they've changed that policy. But before they had a policy of signing veterans who were well past it. Yeah. Um, and it never worked. It never yeah. worked. Now, Ronaldo might say, Well, okay, I'll go to Milan. I'll play the Champions League, but this Milan team is not likely to do very well in the Champions League. So do I want to go there? Hmm. So that might um, discard Milan. But if he has no other options, then he might have to go for them. Um, PSG, I doubt it. No, he's not. He, he won't go to PSG. No. And there's no other team in England except for maybe Chelsea. We don't know. Is that true? Do Chelsea really want yeah. him? He might have no choice but to go to Chelsea if Chelsea seriously do want to sign the player. Well, it's a new owner. That's what it is. I don't know if um, the the previous owner would be as enamored by him, but it's an American also, owner. Th th there's one important element here that we must consider. You were saying, why are Chelsea so interested? Um, Chelsea have got rid of all of the football people who were involved in signing players. Yeah. And apparently, I don't know how you pronounce the owner's name, Bowley or... Yeah, um, Todd, Todd Bowley or something, yeah. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he's taking over the uh, signing of players. Really? And he's not a football man? Well... He's a businessman. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's involved in other sports, but not football. Hmm. So I can imagine someone like... Um, Bowley saying, Right, who's the biggest player around? Who yeah. scored the most goals? Who's the biggest yeah. name? Right, let, let's sign him. 
Yeah. And look, we know we know that in the long time that doesn't work. I mean, your own team, football, Fulham, have had those issues. And now finally there seems to be a steady ship with the new manager. I don't know if he's taken the reins, but he's making sure that he's involved in the process. And look how the quality that you're bringing in. Um, we, we talked about uh, the Newcastle situation. I didn't need to sort it out. Even Arsenal. Arsenal was signing some some poor, poor people until Edu came. And Edu's had to find his feet, but he's finally getting there. Um, you need football people, right, to run the show. Um Signing up, I don't know if he thinks this is a marquee player. I don't know, a 37-year-old guy um, who can sell a lot of shirts. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Well, if you have um, uh, a car company, if you're a car yeah. producer, you need engineers designing the cars, don't you? Yeah, of course you do. Um, you wouldn't have someone who's come from, I don't know, a power company designing, <laughs> designing the cars. Exactly. Uh, but that happens in football. It does. That does happen in football. So um, if, 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 he, if what people are saying is true and it's uh, Bowley who's making the signings, then, um, well, I did say before I thought Chelsea were not making the right signings. Uh, perhaps that might be the reason. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you mentioned... Um, that sometimes signing all these big name players doesn't work. Uh, look at what happened at PSG last season. Yeah. Um, they went out of the Champions League. They thought that signing Messi, it was the same as Manchester United with Ronaldo. They thought, mm. what we have is this good. Add Messi to it or add Ronaldo to it and we'll be untouchable. Well, it doesn't work that way. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. It takes time and effort. And, and no matter what, what, whether what you think of Klopp um, or Pep, you know, it, things take time. And they both took time to build their teams to th this level that they wanted. But they made sure footballing people were involved in the decision, even though the owners are not footballing people. Let's be quite honest. They made sure they're fully involved. And that's why I say for yourselves, Fulham, uh, that you can just see a marked difference from just getting all these randoms from on loan and whatever else. You get real quality added to your team, and 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 that's the difference. If you don't know football, then you're always going to struggle. I remember always hearing about the the guys who were in Crystal Palace, the CEO saying that he got a former player from Crystal Palace to be the um, the director of football. And would that be he, Mark Bright? Yeah, that's it. That's it, Mark Bright. Yeah, and he said, look. Um, he taught me, this is the attitude you should have as an owner, he taught me how footballing matters work, when to get involved, when to back off with the manager, when to just review things properly, and he helped me massively. That's what he said, to understand how the football business works, because as you said, most of these owners aren't football people. They have no idea about football. They've made a lot of money somewhere else, and they've come in, and they're making an investment. Um, and that's why you look at Palace, you know, they've brought in, okay, they've brought in some people who've been okay, but they've stayed up and they've stayed up quite solidly. They don't look like a team that's in that's going to be struggling. Obviously, Vieira coming in, the rest of it, struggling for relegation. So it's it's a shame that Chelsea, again, that's what I've always asked the Chelsea boys about this. But I, I personally, I think Ronaldo there would have exactly the same effect as he's had in Manchester United. Score 18 to 20 goals. 
But I think Chelsea would struggle to finish in the top four. That might happen. That might happen, <clears throat> especially Even because... With all the quality, just like Manchester United. The they quality. are, yeah, they're, they're dismantling the structure of the team. So uh, what you have to do is bring in players who will fit in and who will uh, continue and improve what you had the previous season. Hmm. Now, Chelsea had been um, uh, flying on autopilot for two or three years because the team knew what it was doing and the team knew how it needed to play. Even before Tuchel came in with Lampard, mm -hmm. there were a lot of things that was that Chelsea were doing on the pitch that were similar to what they were doing with, or they have been doing with Tuchel. Yeah. Um, so, you know, they, they had a structure, they had a system. And now if you suddenly dismantle that and you have to put together a new team, well, that usually takes time. Yeah. You can't expect them to just pick up where they left off and to be as good. And, okay, they haven't sold that many players yet, although they've sold some important ones, but we'll see how far this um, um, renewal of the squad goes. If it goes too far, then they might be out of the Champions League next season. No. It's definitely going to be interesting. Definitely going to be interesting to see how the season finds. That's going to be exciting. Look, we're in pre-season games already. I know Arsenal played one against Ipswich, one five one, and and there's obviously loads of games going on. And already they're advertising the games. They're letting us know when the games are. I'm going to pre-season friendly with Arsenal against Sevilla, which should be nice um, uh, this month in July. But in August uh, we we start again, like we've talked about on on a Friday. Charles Crystal Palace against Arsenal. It's Crystal Palace against Arsenal at Crystal Palace. So it's going to be good. But look, let's go back. Let's finish on this guy. So we know his legacy. We know what he's done uh, throughout the years. And there's been many years at the top. So uh, your final thoughts. Where, how do you think this is all going to end before the season? Because it's going to happen this month, right? How do you think this all ends? Do you think he leaves United, stays at United, goes to maybe uh, a team in England, um, but how do you think it all comes together this in the next few weeks? It all depends on whether a team in the Champions League, a team that could be successful in the Champions League, makes a move for Ronaldo. Mm. That is the key because if he wants to leave in order to play in the Champions League and no big Champions League team comes in for him, he'll stay at Man U. Yeah, but if someone makes an offer, then he'll go. Mm. It's as simple as that. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's it's going to be interesting how it all kind of falls into place for Adela. We've we've covered lows today and bounced alone with other people involved as well, which has been fantastic. But that's the Premier League football fans talk. That's what we talk about, the Premier League. And it's starting to warm up very nicely, like a, like a, like a nice soup. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, lots of vegetables in it. So look, <laughs> uh, it's too hot for soup now, Malcolm. It's too hot for soup. They throw in a few chilies with the, with the seeds in them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so look, we got pl plenty more to talk about as the weeks continue. Um, look, we, we, we're in preseason now, um, and Ronaldo we had to talk about just because of his legacy over world football. Um, so let us know your thoughts about Ronaldo and where he goes from now. 
uh, where he where does he stay at Manchester United? Does he move on? Um, obviously, we know it's all about the Champions League. Where where can he go? Does does he other options like we said? Let us know your thoughts on that. And look, let us know your thoughts about anything to the, the Premier League as it heats up. We're going to be talking some more next week uh, about everything Premier League as we go through the preseason and we get ready for some exciting football. And obviously, loads of transfers that are going on. They're really the notable transfers that we see happening. So uh, leave some thoughts, leave some uh, uh, comments. Uh, and thanks, as always, to Carlos, the legend. Thank you for everything. Pleasure, uh, Max. So I uh, hope that uh, we have another chat next week. Yeah. And uh, there will be lots of news to discuss, I'm sure. Of course, there will be. Absolutely. That's the Premier League, right? We've been we've been living it since it started in the 90s. So, um, and this is Mac. And uh, look, thank you for watching. Don't forget to like, subscribe. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Premier League Football Fans Talk.